kills us every day It's the art that heals us It heals us every way guys thank you so much for joining us on the art that heals us podcast today's guest is Johnessa jackson who is a licensed mental mental health therapist in the kansas city greater kansas city area she is a woman of color a black woman that i happen to have known for it's been like 10 years now um you guys have heard her extensive bio uh, with her history and being a therapist and um I don't think that she shared here that she actually is a creative as well. So this was like perfect for her to be a guest on our show. So we're going to get into it and talk to her about um, how she became a therapist and um, any type of nuggets that she is willing to share. So go ahead, Janessa, and introduce yourself and talk a little bit about what you love doing. Hello, everybody. She just said, I'm Janessa. I am a therapist. I just opened a private practice. Um, Back in January, that's actually doing really well. Um, so um, in terms of what I like to do, of course, doing my part-time therapy, I do work full-time as a medical social worker in the transplant. And then the rest of my time is just spent with my family and, and raising my kids. Awesome. All right. Well, as I've already said to you, um, thank you so much for being with me tonight. I do appreciate you taking out your time. It sounds like you have a lot of things that you do on a daily, so I appreciate that. (laughs) So one of the things that um, I wanted to accomplish with this Talk To Me Thursdays is I wanted to bring on um, Black women specifically that are in the mental health field that can speak directly to other Black women, not to say that we need to exclude Black men at all, but I know that it it seems as though there's a marginalized area with Black women that are overwhelmed with things of daily life, and they may not recognize the signs and symptoms of depression, anxiety. Um, They may just call it over, you know, that they're overwhelmed or that they know that they have a lot going on. I'm using air quotes, that type Mm -hmm. of thing. So in your experience, what are some things that Um, are hidden signs of depression, anxiety, um, the things that that women in particular um, may not recognize um, that you've seen? Sure. So I think you kind of touched on one thing, and that's that feeling of being tired all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, If you can't seem to get energy from anywhere, no matter what you do, you just have that tired feeling, that can be a sign of depression. Mm-hmm. Another sign of depression is if you don't love to do the things that you typically love. Um, if yeah. you, you know, if you love going bowling or shopping or whatever it is, and you just can't seem to pull yourself up and take yourself out to do those things that you love, there again is a sign of depression. Um, mm-hmm. Isolating yourself is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Stand to yourself, not wanting to be bothered. Uh, Maybe, you know, you're a mom and you're just kind of stuck in your room, can't seem to move and take care of your kids how you normally do. That would be something um, to think about. Or you're a wife, you know, same applies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can't really give the attention that you need to to your husband. Um, Again, that's something to think about in terms of depression. Got it. Okay. And, and, Go ahead. Oh, sorry, sorry. No. Um, anxiety, I would say, is is that feeling of being overwhelmed all the time, or mm-hmm. that 
you know, you're always forward thinking and can't seem to stay in the moment. Um, and so those, when you're always forward thinking, thinking about the next day, next week, next month, um, you become anxious because thinking that far ahead for some of us can make you concerned. Yes. Um, and so when you take a step back and be mindful about the day you're in, the minute that you're in, that helps kind of lessen your symptoms of anxiety. Got it. All right. Those are really good. That's really good information. I think that uh, we always talk about the strong, black, powerful woman, the super, mm-hmm. super woman complex that we press upon ourselves a lot of the times. But sometimes it does come from outside sources where we feel like we're expected to live up to this certain um, idea that we do have to do it all of our, on our own or that we have to get all of the things done. I know for me personally, mm-hmm. I've, I've shared about my own struggles with anxiety and depression. And one of the best things that I learned to do was to say, hey, it doesn't have to, have to all get done today. The kitchen right. can be dirty we can just have a conversation with the children or whatever that may look like. Um, it doesn't have to all happen today. And that takes so much pressure off of women specifically when mm-hmm. you just really think of it like that, you know, would you rather have your mom, your have a mom that's stressed out or would you rather your children have a mother that's loving and talking to them and laughing? And, you know, I know it isn't that simple, but at least for me, that did help take a huge burden off of myself. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you suggest for someone that is maybe listening to this podcast that is like, oh, wow, that's me. She just described me, meaning yourself. Like you described some things that they were going through and they weren't really sure of what to call it. What would be the next step for them, um, you know, initially to 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 get into the right therapy or what, what would be a good plan? Sure. So therapy I would highly recommend that before, but even before you get to that point of reaching out to a therapist, there are just some things you can do at home. And that's a really sitting down and reflecting on your day, thinking about Mm -hmm. all the things that you did in that day. And if there's anything that you can eliminate or task to someone else to help you with, Um, those are some ways you can, you yourself can lessen those symptoms of depression and anxiety. Um, So then, yes, absolutely. Therapy is um, absolutely recommended for either depression or anxiety. And what I would encourage, what I would encourage in terms of trying to identify the, the right therapist for you, talk to friends, talk to family. They might be saying, um, there are a couple of websites that you can go on to locate a therapist, like psychologytoday.com, therapyforblackgirls.com. Mm-hmm. What's awesome about those websites is that you can, for the most part, you can see pictures of what the therapists look like, and then mm-hmm. you can read their bios, which tells you what they specialize in, who they love to treat, or the, the types of clients that they like to see. And so that would be a starting point in trying to identify a therapist who you'd like to um, be able to meet with. And then lastly, I always encourage once you do identify a therapist, you can request a consultation. Um, I offer offer free 15-minute consultations, and there are other therapists who do as well. Um, So check in, you know, come with a list of questions for that therapist 
so that you can determine if it's a good fit for you. That's awesome. I think that it's really helpful for a therapist to share that because I've never heard um, anyone pretty much, I don't want to call it advertising, but just like stating that and saying, hey, you know, we understand that you have to try maybe a couple of therapists to get the right Mm -hmm. fit. And that's important. And so it's Mm -hmm. important for you to talk with me and or whoever else to determine if this is going to be a good fit for you. So I think that's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, we will definitely put some information in the show notes about those particular links that she shared as resources so that if someone is listening that's possibly struggling with something or just is finally wanting to go to therapy, then they can have a start. So that's, I think that's a good idea. Now, um, we kind of talked about in the beginning that Janessa is a creative. And so she is, we actually met because we uh, were in a singing group together, maybe like 10 years ago or something like that. And she was my fellow alto sister. And so, alto. <laughs> so yes, alto's up. So um, with that being said, um, I think that creativity is so, man, it's the best outlet when it comes to being able to express yourself, to being able to, I mean, for me particularly, to being able to share uh, what you are feeling without even saying words, you know, depending on what type of creativity that you're doing. So Mm -hmm. how would you say that you think creativity plays into um, therapy? Do you ever use any type of like music therapy or anything like that when it comes to your sessions? Or do you encourage your uh, clients to utilize those types of outlets? I do. Now, I don't do music therapy, um, but I do encourage um, creativity in different ways in terms of coping strategies for my clients. So oh, okay. if that's if that's journaling, if that's uh, music, writing music, rapping, whatever it is, then I do it for clients. And I've even, I can think of one particular client who, if she's not able to express in her own words how mm-hmm. she's thinking or feeling, she uses lyrics from songs that that explain what she wants to say but can't quite form the words herself. Nice. And so I think for her that that works for her and that's a great way for her to, you know, mix in music along with therapy and being able to express herself. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of myself, I definitely use music as a form of coping. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if I'm having a bad day or feeling down, um, I can turn on some music and feel 100 percent better. Mm-hmm. Um, music also helps me to get tasks done. If there are notes I need to be getting done mm-hmm. or documentation, I can turn on some music and that motivates me to get things done. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So it sounds like there really is no right way. And that's the most important thing. Like everybody has their own way that they can cope, but they can use several different creative outlets to do so. Would you say that? I would say that. Now, can there be... I would say you want to be careful um, because, mm-hmm. and I say that because, you know, sometimes, and I've done this myself, if I'm feeling down and out, especially in terms of a goal, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what do we as women we typically do? We'll put on music. It's a sad goal. music. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, that's probably the exact opposite of what we should be doing but for some reason being able to you know hear music that we can relate to in that moment 
is helpful. So you just want to be careful and have the balance. Um, you want to, it's okay. I always tell my clients, it's okay to wallow for a minute. So if yeah. you got to pay, play Mary J. Blige, not going to cry no more for a minute. Cool. But don't stay there. Find right. something else to be able to lift your spirits. Good. That's a good point. Because <clears throat> yes, you're absolutely right. We want to be able to relate to that music. It's almost as though we want to turn on the sad music. Like we're like swiping through our music library. Like I got to find this one song because I know it's yeah. going to make you cry real good. <laughs> uh-huh. Like Because, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm, you're in the, the health industry or excuse me, healthcare industry as a mental health therapist. And I was a nurse. And so like that literally releases endorphins when we cry. So yeah, yes. in a way it makes us feel better. But like you said, it's okay to do it, but don't stay there because right. If someone is experiencing depression for a long period of time and maybe they're not even aware of that, they may be thinking that they're doing themselves some good by playing that music and crying it out and that type mm-hmm. of thing. But really, they could be doing more damage. Does that yes. is that right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Let's let so that's a good segue to. I know we talked about what depression looks like or can look like. Um, and anxiety but what if you had to give like your clinical definition of depression where someone is still like kind of listening to this like well that might be me but like for instance um, what would be a good definition of hey it's been five days and I've been crying straight or versus you know I had this one traumatic situation happened and I was crying for two days I mean like is there something that you could give someone maybe a better basis uh, with that Sure. And I think first it's kind of helpful to dis- to distinguish the fact that there is a such thing as acute depression where you can, okay. you know, be sad for a couple of days, but after those few days, you're able to bounce back, start to feel better um, and be able to cope and move on from whatever situation that happens. And then there is chronic depression where you have weeks of feeling sad and crying and those weeks turn into months of and in particular with grief this is very very true with grief Mm -hmm. um you know some people a couple of days they're doing okay and they're fine to be able to cope from there but when week when days turn into weeks weeks turn into months and so on that's when you really want to be concerned Mm-hmm. Um, and again, back to if if you're tearful daily, if everything triggers you, mm-hmm. um, sometimes we think depression is just being sad and crying. For but for some people, depression manifests as anger, yeah, as being very very impatient with yourself yeah. and with other people. Um, so recognizing those signs, and if you know, again, if the days turn into months, months turn into a year. You want to be very, very cautious and seek a professional. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. Thank you. So this episode is airing on Thanksgiving. So what type of information can you share with people that may be experiencing a hard time with not seeing their family around the holidays, especially, you know, surrounding the pandemic, um, you know, or maybe they're having a struggle with their family and they may be at home alone. What is some, what are some um, tips or tools that you could give them to help them cope? Sure. First thing I would say is for you to sit and think about how you can be creative in being able to connect with your friends or even your family. Mm -hmm. Um, Because for some people, their friends are their family. So how can you be creative? 
Can you call on the phone, have a conference call? Can you do Zoom? Last year, and we did Zoom Thanksgiving. We are so can you use that um that creativity do a zoom things um and then again finding some way to be able to connect the connection i'll add to that um is there a friend you can hang out with or go visit um can you wear your mask go visit your family or friends Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say, <clears throat> is there an event that you can attend? Can you go, you know, typically Christmas lights are being put up during things on Thanksgiving. Can you go drive to the park and look at Christmas lights or drive through the neighborhood, look at Christmas lights, like trying to find ways to be creative, to get out of the house and, and mm-hmm. have some sort of human interaction. Yes, yes. Because the pandemic alone can has um, caused people's mental health to decline, um, because absolutely. we were just yeah absolutely abruptly taken away you know from the things that we were so used to, um, mm-hmm. you know as far as family meetings and things. I know some people in my family had a very hard time with that last year, um, you know not mm-hmm. being able to gather. There's people that can't go to their trunk churches or functions you know in that way. Um, thankfully now kids are back in school, but that's still, it's, there's some fear there with some, you know, children and families. Um, so I think those tips are really good for people that may be struggling during this time. Um, what would you say to someone that is like, all right, I listened to this podcast. I'm going to do the things that she suggested. Um, I know that I possibly have depression or I may be, um, at least willing to find out, but I can't really afford therapy. What are mm-hmm. some resources that people, specifically maybe in the Kansas City area, because I'm sure you're more familiar with that, but even if you have any national resources that you could share for someone that may have that challenge? So, in terms of affordability, I would say, A, if you are a working individual and your uh, employer provides insurance, mm-hmm. that is in most cases, give you gives you access to be able to see a therapist. Um, there are therapists who accept various forms of insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, check in with your HR department and see if they have employee assistance programs. Um, most employers, most major employers do have they offer a certain amount of free sessions, so you don't have to pay out of pocket for those. It's a part of your benefits through your employer. Mm -hmm. Um, There are also therapists who offer sliding scale. So based on your income, they can give you a set amount to be able to pay uh, per session. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, with working individuals, if you have account or flex spending, that can also give you access to therapy. So basically, reimbursed for the for your cost of your therapy sessions um if none of that is an option for for some reason um here's some tools that are widely available to anybody and i use these tools with my clients uh, to be to be able to assess for depression or or anxiety 
So there's a tool called the PHQ-9. You can Google that. It gives you nine questions that you will answer. It also gives you the scores for those questions. Um, so you can kind of see where you fall on the depression scale. Are you minimally depressed? Are you moderately depressed? Are you severely depressed? Mm. You can Google that, PHQ-9. That's available to any and everybody. Um, and then for anxiety, there's what's called the general anxiety disorder scale. It's called the GAD-7. You can Google that too. Mm-hmm. And that gives you seven questions to ask yourself to assess if you have symptoms of anxiety. So that would be those two tools are great um, to kind of see where you are on those scales. And if you really truly need to seek professional help. Hmm. That is great. That was great. Awesome. sis. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Those are some very tangible tools that people are able to, as long as you have a internet uh, you know, signal, you're able to look and assess or just at least get an idea of where you may fall um, mm-hmm. on that scale and at least know what you're looking at and what you're looking for. And then you can move forward with the other resources that we've shared or she has shared um, to get some assistance. Okay. So I, if, I'm sorry. Ahead. And if I could also add, I'm sorry, Nikita. No, no problem. That there are community mental health agencies as well that you can follow up with if you are low income, mm-hmm. um, if you have Medicaid or you don't have insurance at all, you do have access to community mental health centers based on code. So there is okay. there's places like Swope Health Services that has a community mental health agency. Rediscover is another community health agency comprehensive mental health services is another um and so those are that's all that also gives you access to mental health services okay great well I kind of want to circle back to what I said in the beginning and I'm sorry I feel like I I started to say it and then I kind of backed up but what is your journey as a therapist how did you get into mental health yeah, that, that's a good question. So mm-hmm. I, I <laughs> it is always, I've always said um, that I'd like to quote unquote end my career as a therapist. Now I'm still pretty, I'm in my late thirties, so I'm not towards the end of my working career, but mm-hmm. um, I've always been able to use my experience as a medical social worker um, to be a therapist. So I, my specialty is chronic diseases, as well as the caregivers who have to care for those folks. Um, medical social work experience are very overwhelmed. juggle work, juggle getting into medical appointments and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I get to combine my medical experience with um, therapy. So I do it and I finally just kind of a time left um, getting plans in place and then launched um, January of this year. Wow. Okay. Just this year? 
I'm sorry. Say that again. I'm sorry. All right. So I feel like that I should have started with this question. About your journey as um, a therapist or how you got into being a therapist. Sure. So it's always been a dream of mine to become a therapist. Um, I always said that I would end my career as a therapist, not that I'm at the end of my career, but um, it's just something that, that I wanted to do. Um, I, I've been a medical social worker for about 11, 12 years. I've wanted to combine my experience with medical social work and therapy. Um, so my focus for my practice is on people with chronic disease and their caregivers. And so that's how I've been able to combine the two with my history in medical social work and, and wanting to do therapy. Okay. So how long have you been a licensed therapist? I know you started out as a medical social social worker, but how long have you been a licensed therapist and and had your own practice? So I started doing therapy January of this year. Mm-hmm. I have I've been a licensed clinical social worker for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, probably ooh, seven, eight years now. Okay. Um, and that gives me the ability to provide therapy. Um, but oh. I've open the private practice back in January of this year. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, do you do that full-time now? I do it part-time. So I still work full-time as a medical social worker, uh, working with transplant patients, and then my private practice is part-time. Okay, great. Well, that's a lot of passion that was driven to get you to this point. Um, what keeps you motivated now that you are in your own uh, practice? And although it's part-time, it's still very impactful, I'm sure. So what, what keeps you motivated to continue to do that? Where do you see yourself in the future with that? My clients definitely keep me motivated. Um, just mm-hmm. seeing how their lives are changing. And not that I'm just the best therapist in the world, but the fact that they trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, they they go and take the recommendations, they put it to work, and they themselves notice the changes that they've been able to make. So that's definitely motivation for me. Good. Okay. Is there anything that you want to share that's upcoming with your practice, or do you want to give your practice a shout out? I mean, we are going to put <laughs> that in your bio. But <laughs> yeah, so um, my practice name is Convergence Counseling Services. I do have a caregiver support group that'll be starting on Thursday, November 18th, 7 p.m. through Zoom. Um, So it's going to be virtual and it is free. It's a free caregiver support group. Um, And so if you'd like to register, you can email me and I'm sure Nikita will put the information Mm-hmm. Um, in the show notes, but you can email me at Janessa at ConvergenceCounselingKC.com to register. Mm-hmm. There will be limited spots because, of course, with the support group, um, you don't want to have too many people. Then you can't really provide the support to each other how you'd like to. Um, and then you can also check out my website, ConvergenceCounselingKC.com. If you are interested in services or you have any questions about therapy, you can hit me up there as well. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that information. I think that's super dope, especially with the fact that it's free and it's starting in these, um, you know, months of the holiday season. I mean, for various reasons, people may be limited on their funds and or not even just have the resources to be able to be a part of something like that. So I think that's awesome. Absolutely. And, you know, with like you said, the holidays are coming when people are taking care of others. It can Mm -hmm. be kind of hard you want to be able to have support from someone else with a similar experience or if you've been a caregiver and you've lost the person who you were caring for Mm. here again is a great way to be able to connect with other people yeah absolutely and the holidays can be very hard for people that have lost someone um Mm -hmm. you know I always love to say I mean I can't say love to say but Um, I say that grief has no expiration date. So no matter if you lost that person 20 years ago or last month, you may still feel like it was yesterday. So um, I think it couldn't have come at any better time. All right. Well, thank you so much for this evening, Janessa, um, spending this time with our listeners and myself um, talking about your therapy practice and all of the things that have led you to this point. I know that you're making great strides. I am excited and, and, and just like, I remember when I found out that you had your own practice, I and then I saw them headshots, honey, with that afro. I was like, <laughs> I was like, she is yes, all the yes. I think I already even said that on there, like all the yes. Yes. I think it's all, girl, listen, I hype my black sisters up. I think it's amazing what you're doing. You're, again, I'm sure you're making great impact here, especially in the Kansas City area. I don't know if you see clients outside of Missouri or not, but I'm sure that they are blessed by your presence. So well, thank you. Thank yeah, you so you're much. Welcome. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you guys, thank you for listening in tonight for the um this episode of Talk to Me Thursdays, which will air every third Thursday of the month. And this happens to be the Thanksgiving edition. Um, as usual, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, The Art That Heals Us. We now have a Facebook page as of last week, and we are also on Instagram. So please look out for future people that are going to be guests um and the creatives that will come to follow all right until next time goodbye